0: Well, hello, sir. Can I help you, sir? Uh, yes, my good man. I was just over at the library enjoying uh, and perusing through The Order of Death's Head, the story of Hitler's SS by Heinz Hone, and it suddenly occurred to me that I would like to take some time out and play some Squad Leader. So here I am, eager to purchase the aforementioned Advanced
1: Squad Leader products. Well, you've certainly come to the right place, sir. This is the squad leader store, as you can see.
0: Well, then I think I'll start with, uh, let's see. Well, how about Starter
1: Kit 1? Oh, I'm afraid not, sir. Oh, well, never mind. How about Paratrooper? Oh, uh, well, Paratrooper, out of print, sir. Uh, This module will not be reprinted, either. It's been made obsolete, I fear, by the Starter Kit series of games, the very one that you have requested. Oh, well, how about Partisan. Partisan? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. This was also made obsolete with the release of Armies of Oblivion. Oh. Well, I didn't want to have to do this, but how about Yanks, then? Yanks? Um, expected maybe in within the next three years, sir. West of Alamein? West of Alamein, currently out of print. You might want to see for King and Country. Oh, dear. This is not my day, is it? Um, how about Code of Bushido? Code of Bushido. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Alas, not. Hmm. Hollow Legions? Oh, out of print again, sir. Gung Ho? Oh, not today, sir.
0: Blood Reef Tarawa? Sorry. Doom Battalions? No. King and Country? Out of stock, sir. You do sell ASL products here, don't oh, you? Oh, yes, we, we do sell ASL products here, sir. Hmm, I see. Well, how about Armies of Oblivion? Oh, out of
1: print just at, just at this time, sir.
0: Ah, well, let's try uh, Operation Watchtower. Negative. Let's uh, dig a little deeper, then. How about Pegasus Bridge? Oh, you're in luck
1: there, sir. It's a really? cold-out sale while they last. Oh, I'll take one. Oh, they didn't last.
0: Well, dang. Um, how about Operation Veritable?
1: Veritable? Uh, temporarily unavailable. Streets of Fire? Uh, Streets of Fire, sir. I have Anhedra Hell. I have the box art lids right here, sir. But I'm afraid they're reserved for a Mr. Kleinschmidt. Well, that doesn't do me any good at
0: all. Well, since I don't seem to be having any luck with the normal products, how about uh, Action Packs? Action Pack 1. Two? Two Nine Three Three? Few returned And I may not return after this Oh yes sir
1: we do But it has uh, got quite a bit of a rata sir Oh really well, I'll, I'll take it Well the, the counters sir Are all printed backwards no, I see
0: um, Action pack four Normandy 44
1: Sorry How about
0: five Eastern front I'd like to send you
1: there Just sold the last one
0: again this morning sir Well how about journal one No Two No Three No Four No Five Ah Aha no. Oh. Six?
1: Uh, no, sir.
0: Well, it appears you don't have any squad leader products at all.
1: Well, actually, sir, that would be correct. I see. However, there is a gentleman at the, at the local library I saw there. He's, he's got a game set up. He's just waiting for an opponent. At the library? Yes, sir. Well, I'm off. Good day. <laughs>
0: hi everybody i'm jeff and i'm dave and we are the two half squads and this is a show all about advanced squad leader the greatest game in the world
1: right dave that is absolutely correct you're still
0: thinking it's the greatest game in the world
1: aren't you yeah for the most part Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is episode 28 yes and we're not putting a date on it because we're recording it in pieces yeah, this is kind of different. We're we're doing it in sections.
0: We just we got so much going on. You know, I thought, I honestly thought when we started this that we would run out of topics. You know, in thirty or forty episodes, but I, I think mm. we're gonna have like a a lot more than that.
1: Gonna make a hundred as long as our endurance keeps up. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't get bored with we it. We
0: got so much stuff going on. I, I thought I was good. I really thought I'd be organized for this episode, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If none of this makes sense, then I'm apologizing for that now.
1: Well, you know, Jeff, remember last show I think I said I was getting stressed out about the Bears games? Yeah. Well, that's no longer happening. You know no. why? No, why is that? Because they're getting blown out like 40 to 10. So you don't have to worry anymore. It's yeah, kind I'm of not- refreshing. It's like, oh, good. This game's not on the line at all. That's great. It is great. Yeah,
0: well, and I think, um, you know, maybe we should play squad leader instead of watching the Bears games now. Yeah, it might be an option now. I mean, I don't watch them anyway, but I just sit here by myself, (laughs) alone, waiting for something interesting to happen. So now you can come over.
1: You know, I have a correction to make with you. Uh On a previous show, you said it was the first time you had ever beat me in Advanced Squad Leader.
0: Yeah, in my recollection.
1: Yeah, your recollection. Do you have a short-term memory problem? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I do, but I can't remember if I've talked about that before. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually I checked my little record that I write down by hand really? still. And I found that Jeff won a scenario J-73 called Tired and Unsupported. Hmm. And he won S-9, Ambitious Assault. And then he won his third game, AP19, Winter of Our Discontent that we talked about last time. Yeah. So you've actually beaten me three times, Jeffrey Hallett. Wow, I can't believe it. Yeah, so stop pretending that you're no good. All right. But don't get, like, cocky. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Why beat Dave three times?
0: <laughs> yeah, three times in a row.
1: So I just wanted the listening
0: audience to know that. Thanks for that correction. It uh, boosts my ego a little bit. It should. And it, That couldn't hurt. That never hurt. So we had a good show last time talking about bypass movement, and uh, that was very interesting. And we've had a lot of good feedback from uh, the last couple of shows, both the bypass movement show and the previous one, the
1: round table. And the round table. Yeah. So,
0: hey, should we do some listener mail?
1: Yes, let's do that. Let's do. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> he's up. He's dancing around
0: the room. <laughs> ah, look at him, folks! So light
1: on his feet. I'm like a merry little elf. Yeah. All right. that's enough of
0: that.
1: Well, time for letters. First of all, we'd like to thank Mark and Joe for the kind Joseph. Are you know who you are for the kind donations?
0: Yeah, very generous donations from two
1: loyal listeners,
0: and we. Very, very, very much appreciate that as usual. So I'm not sure what's next on the docket for uh, purchase. I think um, my
1: book still doesn't have a good recording system for the ASL extras, but yeah, we'll see. Some something, something yeah. nice to it. Uh, if I can convince my wife to buy her own PC laptop like yours, mm-hmm. then it would be compatible. But well, we're going to need a lot more donations. In the meantime, yeah. Do you have a letter I'm there, kidding. Jeff?
0: Uh, yes, I do. I'm, in fact, I do. Uh, I do. I do. I do. I uh, do. We got an, uh, an email from uh, Pearson. At least that's the name. I don't think that's the real name. But uh, Hi, guys. I've been a wargamer since I was nine, and I am 53 now. I enjoy your show, although I have not listened to all the shows as of yet. My question is, do you use the original IFT or the incremental IFT, and why? I like the incremental. It's more realistic. But others say it ruins playability and gives a big plus for the Germans. I'd like your opinion. You know, I'd like to bring this one up at uh, roundtable discussion.
1: That's a great idea. And we did cover it in a past episode. Yeah, we have talked about it before. You'll probably run into, listener, when you get through all the episodes. Yeah, my quick answer is
0: I uh, I don't have any problem with the incremental fire table.
1: I I like them both. And my answer is I think Bob and I don't, and Joe does like it. Yeah. There we go. I have a letter from Scott. I moved from Burridgeville. Schaumburg, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're sorry about that. Nashville, and Tennessee. <laughs> ten years ago, and my ASL game has been sporadic since. I've been able to find few people willing to learn classic SL, but when they see the ASL rulebook's thickness and contemplate the time commitment in learning it, none have taken up the challenge. No, you you can't
0: show people the rulebook if you're going to teach them ASL. No,
1: that's right. You really want to scare people off. <laughs> you have to ah! You have to hide that. Are you out of your mind? Pull out just sections when you need them. Yeah, Right. Just say, look, it's only a couple of pages. It was awesome to learn that you guys are from the Palatine area and hearing you mention Games Plus Store. That's the store I originally bought SL, ASL, and numerous other Avalon Hill game products from. Had I still lived in the area, he would try and hook up with our group. While it's been very difficult finding face-to-face opponents, but the podcast have renewed a passion for ASL in him. You go. Yeah he's going to start searching for some local opponents again. So we'll help you out. Yeah. And I mean, if if anybody lives in, around,
0: above, under, near the Nashville area, then uh, you want to hook up with Scott, you can contact us, and we'll put you in touch with Scott. How about that? That would be a great idea. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make Make me a a match. match. All
1: right. Let's... uh, Oh.
0: (laughs) It's embarrassing sometimes. Well... (laughs) It's embarrassing being me. I...
1: And I have no sense of shame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, now we got an uh, email from Costa, mm-hmm. uh, who really enjoyed the round table. I totally agree with the Kimling default being backwards. It should have been set up as an SSR, uh, where an SSR would have to invoke it.
1: Yeah, that's from our round table yeah. Uh, episode.
0: Yeah. And regarding grounding Noriega, that is a rare... M-A-S-L design of Operation Nifty Package. Do you know what he's talking about here? Yes, After-
1: because I actually have this. It was by Mark Newcomb, as he says, of Kinetic Energy. They were a group that put out a ton of, uh, well, a good quantity of scenario packs. Yeah. Lots huh. of special rules, but and that's where he's getting that from. Grounding Noriega's scenario I mentioned on the roundtable.
0: Oh, wow. Hmm. I,
1: I think I fell asleep during
0: that part. You probably did. Uh, Costa writes and asks if we're going to go to the West Coast Melee this year. Uh, which I assume is a tournament, and let me guess, on
1: the West Coast? West Coast. Yeah. And the answer is, Jeff? Yet. No, yes. No. Unless you were, yeah, I, I can't go. No. Too expensive. No time. Yeah. But um,
0: I don't like to get too far from the microphone.
1: Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should post a link to that site and invite everyone else to get yeah, out there. Yeah, everybody else should be there. Get out there, folks, to the West Coast Melee. Yeah. Play some ASL. Was it melee? Melee, 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 me <laughs> me. What about the melee? Cupola, cupola, cupola. Cupola. Nah, cupola. never mind. Potato.
0: Well, uh, I have a letter from Todd. Wait a minute, Phil. He says it's convulsive listening, as always. He did. Oh no, compulsive. <laughs> All right, never mind. Anyway, thanks for listening, Phil.
1: And from Todd, this was very well done. He enjoyed the banter around the table. Very informative, yet fun to listen to. Something that stood out to him, that the hex side is a huge thing, and this is a big reason why he likes Combat Commander and the Conflict of Heroes. Big hexes, little stacking, and very clear counters, which is true. You get the historical ASL modules are a little bigger. Yeah. And then, of course, the Deluxe are very big hexes. Yeah. It says keep up the good work, and he wants another roundtable soon. And will he get one, Jeff? Yeah, we'd love to do another roundtable. We've got, we've oh, I got thought, it planned. I thought we'd never do one again. No, I think we would. <laughs> we, oh, we're, just we're all not, mad at all those people. Yeah. We're going to we, invite all new people um, next time. Don't are think? we or mix What's it up? Well, I was, I was I was undecided. Mix up half and half or go all new. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But just, Again, we have a plethora yeah. of ASL players in the area. Yeah.
0: And then John Sturm was very kind to send us a lot of uh, information about scenarios that are based upon movies. Probably after listening to some of our fascinating movie reviews.
1: Yes, he has one that's about Saving Private Ryan, and there are three Band of Brothers Starter Kit scenarios available on a French website. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be putting up the link. Yeah, yeah we'll put this. up
0: links for all of these. There's also one from The Eagle That Has Landed, which was uh, kind of a cool movie. Uh, one from The Longest Day, and we actually have a movie review of The Longest Day coming up later in this episode, so stay tuned for that.
1: The irony. It, there's there. irony, irony. That's bizarre. Or is it
0: coincidental?
1: Oh, that's coincidence, yeah. <laughs> or is it psychic connection uh, between I don't know. John Sturm and us. Yes, could be. Um, then we had one from Jake pointing out that the Australian balancing system for ASL scenarios one to thirty-two and the Deluxe ASL scenarios one to eighteen are all available at www.asl. Stop, oh, okay. Stop it! We'll put up a link. We'll put up a link. Yeah,
0: thanks, Jake, for sending us that.
1: From Vince, a first-time listener, saying, I really enjoyed the show. I'm currently working backward, listening to all the episodes. Excellent work, guys. We work
0: backwards it. a lot, too, Dave <laughs> and I.
1: <laughs> I. Although, I would say, don't listen backwards. No, I know. The shows build on one another. The,
0: oh, right, Some yes. of the
1: references and the humor and, well, what we like to think it's humor. Yeah. Um, so, I would recommend going back and listening from the beginning and catching up. Yeah. Uh, He also points out that he's only a newbie to the ASL system and only plays starter kits. We appreciate that, and he appreciates our discussions about starter kits. Oh, yeah. So thanks, Vince. And Scott Bodeway says, I just want
0: to say that I love your podcast. I've recently gotten back into the ASL starter kits after a 20-year hiatus. Uh, you guys are the NPR of ASL, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Well, that's a very and nice compliment. That certainly is. I'll take that as a compliment.
1: All right, this letter from uh, Lewis Goldberg from Missouri. And it's interesting as he points out he used to also live in the area and knows our references to some of these um, shops around here mm-hmm. and advises we can get some European brewskis over at Eurofresh. You know where that is, right, Jeff? Yes, I do. Also, he says he does like the box art review and hopes we'll keep doing them. Ta-da. Good for but you," says. "Do not hesitate to develop other creative show elements along the same lines." Hmm. We're always trying. We'll get on that one.
0: Yeah, and then uh, from Vince. So Vince really appreciated the bypass movement uh, episode because, in, in his many years of wargaming, all of all of the wargaming that he's done, everything happens within a hex, not on the hex sides and the vertices. So he couldn't really wrap his head around the concept. Ah. We helped him a little bit with that by, uh, Dave. Your excellent explanations of oh. bypass movement.
1: <laughs> Somewhat. Oh, you're you're blushing. <laughs> well, they
0: weren't that great, but they were okay. Yeah, and he says it's also refreshing to know that even experienced ASLers occasionally misplay the rules. And uh, boy, that's certainly true. You betcha. At, at least for me. And he's he's uh, really appreciates the fact that we keep the show G uh, rated.
1: And we intend to do so.
0: Yes, we will continue in that vein.
1: And I have one from Neil. Uh, He states that he had been gaming since the 70s, picked up ASL in 86, managed to let it go cold during the shift from college to real life. But after hearing the podcast, the flames have been rekindled. He's dragging out the Planos, ordered ASLR rulebook version 2, and is looking forward to playing again soon. So he may be firing up Vassal also. That's from Neil.
0: Yeah, if anybody, uh, for all you listeners there in Pulaski, Virginia. That's where he's him. from.
1: Yeah, look for Neil. And what's interesting, of course, is he says that Chicago's not alone in celebrating Casimir Pulaski Day.
0: Oh, right. This. He's from p- Pulaski, West Virginia. That's How about that? That's why they
1: celebrate him, too. Wow. Cheers. And now, the news. Ah! This is the Two Half Squad's news. This just in, Jeff. Doom Battalions 3 is at the printers. Yay! You going to turn it over to me?
0: Over to you, Jeff. Ah, thank you. For King and Country 2, will go up for pre-order shortly. MMP is just finishing up proofing and uh, the new maps. Those new maps are in starter kit style. There are map 6, 7, 10, 12, 13, 14. My gosh, these are my lottery numbers. 15 and 32. They will also be increasing the size of the counter images from the original release to bring them in line as people get older and older and can't see. See as well. No, I'm kidding. Oh, to bring them in line with the rest of the reprints. Despite despite, despite the pre-order factor, The module will print as soon as the components are ready.
1: And if something is increasing in size there, Mr. (laughs) Hallett, keep it to yourself. The PTO module, the reprint of Code of Bushido and Gung-Ho, is nearly complete. The only projects remaining are to complete the balancing of the scenarios and creating the new box art. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to have box art. Yay! All the components are laid out and in an advanced state of proofing. The project will be finished by the end of the year. So says Chaz. Then it will be a question of when, where it will be put up for pre-order, and fit into the print queue. Letter Q.
0: Santa is not going to deliver anything
1: until this reprint is done. That is correct. The reprint includes 32 scenarios, combining the original Kodobushido and Gung Ho scenarios with 13 out of print PTO scenarios. The reprint will also include the Gavutu Tanambogo scenarios and campaign game Sand and Blood, originally released in the ASL 93B Annual. The contents will include chapters G and H, over
0: 1,700 counters, including the entire Japanese, Chinese, and U.S. Marine Orders of Battle.
1: Boards 34 through 39 and 47.
0: Overlays 1 through 6, B1 through B5, uh, BE1 through 7. Beach. (laughs) EO. EF1 through 3. Effluent. G1 through 5. Garbage. (laughs) GT. M1 through 5. O1 through 5. Does anybody care? (laughs) And others. And others. Back to you, Jeff. And 32 scenarios. I'm not gonna name them all. Uh yes, let me name them all. One, two, three. Those all are right. their
1: numbers, not their names. All right.
0: Also coming Hollow Legions 3, which will include the entire Italian order of battle as well as an order of spaghetti. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> with new uh,
1: <laughs> with new art on the counters with the Italians with their hands up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as well as the dessert components, oh, desert components, originally from west of Alamein. And they not, uh, uh, this pack will now have one additional component, counters, rules, and scenarios from soldiers of the Negus. Negus. Negus? What is that? Which covers the Italo-Ethiopian War of 1935
1: through 1936. Wow. I'll tell you more about it off the air. Uh, back to you, Dave. That will also include Chapter F. In the pipeline, much of Hakapala has been handed over by Lars Thuring and Tuomo Lukari while the last of the play testing is conducted. There will be several replacement rules pages for Chapters A, B, D, E, and H. In addition to 12 to 16 scenarios, a map, a sheet of overlays, and a whole mess of counters. The new rules will cover prepared fire zones, early Rus- Russian war doctrine, light woods, and aerosons as well as revised Finn national characteristics there will be several new vehicles guns and support weapons including many of the lend lease vehicles sent to finland and that's also coming up the asl
0: starter kit expansion pack number one check the pre-order page on the mmp website the advanced squad leader starter kit expansion pack adds new counters maps and adds rules with known errata addressed the pack has been designed with all levels of starter kit play in mind no other module from the Starter Kit series is necessary to play the scenarios included in Expansion Pack 1. Dave,
1: any more news? Also, now shipping and available at a store near you, the ASL Starter Kit Bonus Pack Number 1, Beyond the Beaches. This has been designed for use with the ASL Starter Kit Number 1. The bonus pack includes a new map, Map P, three scenarios set in Normandy just after D-Day, also a page of rules and examples covering hedges, which are introduced in this pack. And that's it for the news. That's enough.
0: Good night, everybody. And remember. Hey, you know what we need, Dave, is we need a sponsor for the news. We you know, do. Fine, like yeah. Bud Light or some, something like that. Actually, um, we do have a sponsor for, t- for tonight's news. Oh, excellent. How's that that's- for a smooth lead-in? Uh, this, I hope this, it's not
1: a squad leader product. I'm getting tired of just having no, squad leader. No, no,
0: though this may lead to squad leader product. This oh. is for all of you squad leader players out there who are looking for the perfect gift for your wife this Christmas. Your wife, your girlfriend, your wife and your girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> Sisters. No. Actually, my my wife, I just got to... Yes, your mother. I am going to take this time for a little personal announcement. My wife uh, makes jewelry. She makes beautiful jewelry. Um, healing sacred jewelry she's a spiritual counselor and she makes this beautiful jewelry and i think everybody uh, you know who wants to buy a nice gift for their female important person should check out robbie g gems and buy a nice gift
1: and i have seen her working up at her workstation mm-hmm. often it's really while nice. we're recording down here in yeah. the basement she does great work
0: yeah she does really beautiful work and um you know you can, you can buy this nice gift and you give it to your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. just say, "Oh my gosh, how did you ever find this beautiful jewelry?" You say, "Well, listening to the two half squads." <laughs> Suddenly, and she's going to hope that you listen, listen to the two half squads more. You're right. right. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I like it. I
1: and like you say, it, "Well, just... honey,
0: and now uh, in return, let me show you where the MMP website is." <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, check out Robbie G Gems. There's still plenty of time to order gifts for Christmas. Robbie G Gems dot com. Uh I'll put uh, sh- a link in the show notes, but it's R O B B I E G E E G E M S, Robbie G Gems dot com. Oh.
1: G-E-E, not G period. No. Robbie G Great.
0: There we go. Makes me want to do the news again. Dum 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 I love the news, don't you, Dave? <laughs> I do love the news, and I know you hate the news, Jeffrey Hallett, <laughs> yeah. so don't lie to our I, listeners. Just, I never watch the news, and I don't <laughs> like doing the news. Yeah, but, but look at all the exciting stuff coming out. Oh, there's out. an amazing amount of stuff, and I it just uh, I was online the other day on Gmail, and I got a pop-up message from Keith Dalton at MMP and said, you know, we got all this new stuff. You should take a look at the pre-order page. Look at all this great stuff we got going on and, you know. Bring it up on the next show, which we will gladly do, which we have just done. Which we have just done. And they do have a lot of great
1: stuff on there. Uh, there is. A lot of exciting hope, stuff. You know, it's all because of Chaz. Let's hope he can come through for yeah. us. We're all rooting for you, Chaz. Yeah. I made a little joke, I think, in the newscast, but don't ignore yeah. it because <laughs> I think you're the man to get it done.
0: And we poked a little fun,
1: obviously, in, in our
0: uh, comedy
1: bit oh, opening the show. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot that. Was, <laughs> yes. But yeah. that's all going to be remedied. Oh, yes. Remedied. Yes, yes. But, you know, again, I have all the stuff, so it's hard for me to even sympathize, but I know people are very, very anxious to get Yeah, for people
0: that are trying to get into the game, it must be a little bit frustrating when you're trying to get into the game and some of the basic core modules are not there. Obviously, uh, you only need a few things to give you a lot to do with Advanced Squad Leader, but if those basic things are not there, then you're kind of sunk.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you are kind of stuck, I suppose. Yeah. So... Um, oh, a couple things about that newscast. The yeah. uh, Gavutu-Tanamboga. Are you familiar with that one, Jeff? Uh, it seems to me you mentioned it on a previous show, but re- refresh my memory. Cause... It had two, um, like an island, like a giant island overlay you put on the ocean boards, hmm. ocean overlays, mm-hmm. which made was a marine landing, I think. Pardon me if it was army. Yeah, Marines, I think. Um, but anyway, the United States was taking these little islands and it's really cool. It was I loved them. They were really neat. There were like three, four maybe scenarios to be played on this little historical map. Uh-huh. So it was really neat. I'm glad they're putting it in there. Then also the Soldiers of the Nagus was mentioned previously. Yes. But that was the Ethiopians versus the, and the Eritreans. And I have the counters right over there on my shelf. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. I have the original Soldiers of the Nagus set. If you want to do it on the air. Over there. You can grab it and take a look, but it had rules for like tank tipping, it's with the Italians. Italians in where? in North Africa somewhere? When Italy invaded Ethiopia. Ethiopia? Right, with the Italians. Yes. With
0: in with the Italians.
1: Correct infantry you can see they're all oh listen everyone yeah. squad leader counters oh it's actually the other one italian vehicles and come ethiopians come on. this one has the eritreans in here with the italians because they're gray so i do have these little eritreans that fought on the side of the italians i suppose then that's why they're in here wow but i had played all these with dave timon when he was just starting out the game of squad leader and there's three four seven first line troops and three 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 six second line troops for the Eretrians. And that when you have That's amazing. It's like it's almost like the whole world was involved in this war. <laughs> almost. You could yeah. possibly call it a world war. You maybe. And if you glance in there you see there's little spearmen.
0: Oh yeah, I do see those guys. Yeah. What's yeah, the, the one two sixes. The one, and that's squads? the
1: full squad or is that the half? That's a half squad. What's the full squad? Conscript.
0: Let's see, there's um three three sevens. Those look like spears here.
1: Yeah, but they have some little spearmen. If I remember correctly, how can they throw? Spe- oh, range of two. Maybe they threw the spears. That's pretty far, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, wow. these these guys were all the and then or, I'm, I'm sorry, the um, Ethiopians. And so yeah, these was a nice little set of stuff. And there's leaders in here and some weapons. I so had no they're, idea. They're now putting all this in with the Italians. It said right.
0: Every day I'm learning something new.
1: That's why it's called in the news. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So anyway, I thought, yeah, talk about that. Yeah. I'd be excited if I were everyone else to be able to get these things back into the system, you know.
0: So. Yeah, and it's some of the uh, more obscure stuff that really adds a lot of extra flavor to the game. like
1: that. Yeah, it really will. This should be very interesting. In fact, there were rules for tank tipping. In, get out of here. Yeah, because the, apparently the Ethiopians would lay in wait and then charge out of these gullies to tip over those very light italian armored cars and things <laughs> so it's, it's true it is true it's and very often, i guess but yeah it's, it wasn't the original set and i yeah. don't know if so anyway so what's next jeff well
0: uh i wanted to mention something kind of special that was sent to us in the mail so i'd like to talk about it in a little segment that we like to call what's in the box What is in the box? I don't know why we have to say it so slowly, but that adds the effect. Well, I got something really fun. And, uh, you know, even though it's November something or other today, I got this just before Halloween, which was great timing. I got it from our friend Nelson Asada, and he sent me this wonderful little pack of scenarios published by Eastside Gamers, and I'll talk about them little more in a minute yeah i'm not familiar with them but this is the east side gamers zombie pack and this is it's just a pack of scenarios and some rules but nelson heard me talking about zombies an episode or two ago that's correct and lo and and i said oh wouldn't it be funny if there were some zombie scenarios and lo and behold there are some zombie scenarios and these are this is really clever stuff we've got to play these dave
1: I definitely want to play one or two of those. So
0: there's a there's like a six zombie scenarios here along with some rules. And the rules are <laughs> really very clever. Uh, the zombies are represented by Japanese units. They're elite squads. And the half squads are the second lines. And then they're, the single man counters are used as well.
1: For single zombies.
0: Yeah, for single zombies. And when you play them, the zombies are they are always berserk. So you use the regular squad leader rules, but... Do they run fast, then? They're always berserk. Well, they only have three movement factors. Okay. Yeah. They, okay. But they're always berserk, and they always charge the nearest human in line <laughs> of sight. <laughs> it's perfect. And if there is no human in line of sight, they charge the nearest one that's not in line of sight, but in which case they only have
1: two movement factors. Well, can they sense it by smell or something?
0: Yes. Oh. Well, if you know anything
1: about zombies, Dave, I d- I watched that Apparently What's not enough. Film You Lent Me? Oh, uh, Shaun of the Dead? Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Very entertaining.
0: And um, the guy that created this now, uh, Glenn Hausman is his name, um, came up with uh, not only these scenari- six scenarios and these rules, but also some strategy and tactics. Page, two pages of that. And uh, footnotes, which are really interesting, which talks about how he came up with some of these different strategies and or the the different rules. From watching zombie movies. Of course. Where else are you gonna get your zombie information? I guess you could go to Library of Congress, but I don't know. A lot of the stuff is checked out most of the time. And the zombies can they shoot? No, the zombies cannot shoot. The only way the zombies can fight is in close combat. Okay. And it's always hand to hand. So if you're the human player, you want to uh, you know, stay back. Blast them all away. Blast them they as much close as close into combat range. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah, exactly. And they give some tactics that are, that are really funny, like um, uh, you might want to use zombie bait. I don't want to give away too much, because just reading through the rules is so much fun. But they, it talks about zombie <laughs> bait. I'll just read a little bit of this part. Zombies, not being particularly picky about who they'll eat, are easily lured away from important units to attack useless ones. So send an armored car, uh, an armored vehicular, or a crew... Out to their doom and watch a previously disastrous oh. horde of advancing zombies suddenly <laughs> reverse direction and abandon a fat juicy target for a lean scraggly one. <laughs> they're pretty dumb, they're all messed up, <laughs> and so and, uh he goes on and he is he's got a number of different kinds of human players the um uh the national guard are represented by British counters. the police are represented by German counters, somehow that's fitting. <laughs> Uh, the armed civilians are. Well, so that's because
1: the English police had no guns. Right? They only have those little clubs. Those little bodies. clubs. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which you really got to hit a zombie hard, <laughs> real
1: hard, to, for that to be
0: effective. Unarmed or armed civilians are represented by American counters, and then the unarmed civilians, and that's which, which there are, are represented by prisoners, oh, prisoner Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's because Americans love their guns. Yeah, it they? must
0: be. Yeah, we're always well armed. And uh, you know, though I, I have not taken out all the maps to see what maps are used in these scenarios, but the rules say that zombies are generated during the rally phase in graveyards, okay, of which there are on the maps, and I, I assume there are some on the at least some on the map boards. That Boy, are they thought of everything. Scenarios. Oh yeah, or uh, there are buildings that are designated as morgues where zombies are also created. Also, in um, in close combat, if a non-zombie unit is uh, loses a close combat, they can be infected, which can later turn to Zombies. full conversion to zombie. Okay. Uh, likewise, the zombie sniper doesn't actually <laughs> snipe; it okay. just turns somebody into a zombie, sort of.
1: Okay, it's so a random know. zombie yep. attack yep. thing.
0: Yep. So, just very, very clever, and the scenarios are all very clever. They've got great pictures on them of zombie type stuff with some fun text about the that particular scenario and what goes on in there. If you like zombies, folks, get this. This is by this is published by Eastside Gamers. Uh, Eastside Gamers. We'll put the website on the show notes. They've got a lot of great stuff on the Eastside Gamers website, and you you can buy this uh, this pack on uh, the Gamers Armory website, and we'll put a a link on the website for that as well. Gamers Armory, great website. I I just went on there the other day, and I, I couldn't believe all of the squad leader stuff. Really interesting uh scenario packs and stuff like that at very reasonable prices hey folks even though this is a zombie pack it makes a great gift any time of year so <laughs> now i
1: just this is like eight bucks i'm just sad we didn't get to review that product on our halloween special i know me too how fitting I mean, that would have been yeah oh it would have been great
0: so these east side gamer guys are very very creative I yeah would say.
1: i'm gonna go to their website
0: yeah check them out what Here do you, we go see what do you find
1: whoa wow it has nuclear explosions on it are you looking at it <laughs> yeah that's a great website Glenn yeah. Houseman, Eric Safran Scott Hausman from Michigan from Michigan
0: the east side gamers the east side of Michigan apparently think they're playing the music and they have a number of uh of different scenario packs there
1: what kind of packs they have there on their site jeff
0: well uh i i just see they've got a you know design pack one which has uh which was released in 2005 has 10 scenarios in it design pack two has a dozen scenarios in it Okay. I mean, I'm just looking at this now for yep, the first time. twenty-five dollars. A lot of a piece great there. stuff. Yeah. Oh, they have T-shirts, Dave. Oh. Hey, folks. Okay, check out the East Side Gamers. Um, check out Gamers Armory. And stuff your stockings full of squad leader scenarios. What a cool website that was. I'm trying to think about the fact that there's not enough time to play all of these. Just get no, them. No, just get them. No, the zombie pack you got to get just because it's so cool.
1: Now, also, did you know that there's World War Two and HD coming up soon? HD, what do you mean HD? World War Two and HD? What High you mean? definition.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it? they
1: did it. So you'd have to go to that site, which is at the history.com. Oh, it's a history channel thing? Slash content slash www. Small II dash oh, and give dash. It up. Okay. give it up. Dave. We'll put a link up, can we, Jeff? Sure. Um, but apparently, they've gotten this new footage of World War II that and, was shot in HD. <laughs> and, well, that's the thing. I'm like, how can they do it in how HD? Do they do that? But apparently, it's real fresh stuff. They've redone it um, to take out scratches and whatever. A lot of it's color footage. So, and some of it's supposed to be new. So, any any real World War II guy fanatic can go look at this. And we'll put the no, link no. for that. that. That's
0: not World War II. World War II was in black and white. I asked my dad about it. No, the world
1: turned color before World War II, Jeff. Oh, did it? And this is the website for II. HD World HD War Two. Look at I that. It's now it's it doesn't count. And it's History Channel. So watch for it on the History Channel. It's already played before you guys hear the show, but I'm sure they will be rerunning it.
0: You know, in a hundred years from now, somebody's going to be listening to these episodes, I'm sure, and they're going to say, "Oh, that's so old-fashioned," because we, we watch World War II in <laughs> 3D virtual reality
1: now. <laughs> black and white, yeah, black and white. Now you know, what? Before we do continue with our what's in the box, I do have another product here. Is the um, West Coast melee? I guess it should have been in the news. Number 13 is coming up February 25th, 2010. What is that? The, a it's tournament? It's a tournament. Oh, a tournament. In, in the Crown Plaza, Irvine.
0: Irvine, like, California? Texas,
1: California. Oh, wow. Yeah, West Coast Melee. That makes yeah. sense. And come and join them over there at the Western. More details will follow, and we'll put up a link. <sighs> that would be fun. It's the SoCal SOCAL. I'm not going to yeah. do the whole thing. So- Southern California. Yeah asl group so yeah. you can google that hey you know any
0: of League. you uh newbie squad leader players out there if you're afraid to go to a tournament uh get over it just go to a tournament you don't have to you know compete in the tournament but go to a tournament they're a lot of fun right you meet a lot of great guys there'll be guys standing around uh between games or whatever that'll help you out help you learn the game uh get over there so yeah i'd be glad to talk to you <clears> that I mean it's and you're just watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch, and you learn a lot. It's really cool, so I recommend it highly. I see that Dave Goldman from uh, ASL Open has just announced all the news for the next Open, which is coming out next, when is that held, next February?
1: Yeah, that's going to be at the Holiday Inn of Oak Brook, so it's a different location next year. Uh, That's going to be at um, 22nd Street, Oak Brook Terrace, Illinois, April 9th through April 11th. 2010.
0: Okay, got it on my calendar right 10.
1: now. Right now. And we're going to try and go, I assume? Oh yeah, absolutely. As long as it doesn't overlap with Little Wars. Yeah, it won't. Well, it won't. I no. hope it won't. And you're no. going to that with me this year, by Yes. The way. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you are. Yeah. Well, continuing what's in the box, Schwerpunkt, Schwerpunkt. has sent us Volume 15.
0: The, the fabulous Evan Sherry was very kind and sent us a couple of their latest offerings. Dave is doing the doing one and i'll do the other one uh
1: next episode next episode so we have an article on the italians in asl and i highlight a little segment here in which brooke white is writing an article about how the italian army was adapted to be counters and so on the 347 squads represent the Bersaglieri, which were light infantry transported by trucks and bicycles i have no issue with the statement per se he's quoting that in the asl rule book but I will only agree with it when a scenario designer considers that enemy forces involved and other Italian units take them into account. If the Bersaglieri are in the Soviet Union, for example, they should at least be the equal of a 447, the mass-produced Soviet infantry, since Bersaglieri were, in fact, elite Italian infantry. That's a good point. Why are the Italian elite 347s when the basic line Russians thrown into battle are 447s? Yeah. yeah, I think, I think it the Italians get a bad rap I think overall, even in the game. In general, here? yeah, yes, even in the game here, and that's actually what his article talked a bit about. So I read this article; yeah. it was really great. Yeah, a couple of couple of long pages, a lot of words there, Dave. Yeah, he put it in all. How <laughs> long did that take you to read that? A, a while, because <laughs> I'm a really slow reader. Now he also had this I highlighted. I thought was interesting. Therefore, the plus three dyril modifier heat of battle. For italians you know plus yeah. three and the surrender thing because right. we all like it even i made a joke about the Italians surrendering yeah. right seems completely out of place except for italy's completely inexperienced or colonial divisions mm. all the others i would suggest a zero or plus one heat of battle modifier for the alpine units trained to fight in yeah. the mountains right bersaglieri which are tougher troops paratroops or other elite units and maybe even a plus one for Standard Infantry Division. This is what special rules are for scenario designers. So use them. Yeah. He's, he's recommending... Well, I guess he's recommending you change the normal rules for Italians, right? By saying, in your special rules, make it a well, plus I th- one. Well, I, I
0: think he's saying there. there certainly are instances where the current ASL rules come into play. But there are many other instances where...
1: Where they don't apply. So if you so, have these elite units, make yeah. them a plus one instead of a plus three. Yeah, so maybe he's
0: saying he, he's kinda of wishing that those were the standard unit uh the standard rules and the current rules were more the, the exception. Like he says, that's what the that's where the rules scenario rules are. Yeah, special that's rules. That's what they're are
1: all for, about. So and, and then this um, issue of uh, typical Schwerpunkt fashion continues on. Oh, I'm on glad to... I didn't have to review that Schwerpunkt, Dave. There's a lot of words there. I mean, <laughs> you you, would have you keep turning it. pages,
0: there's more words.
1: Well, but of course, now, as typical, the Schwerpunkt is the designer notes for each scenario. Oh, right, 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 And the British comments, German comments for both sides. Yeah. So I didn't read all of those. Yeah. I would read them after I play a game. Now, some players like the advice before. We talked about that on the roundtable. Yeah. I like it
0: after as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I like to find my own. Fuddle my way way through it and then
1: read it and go, Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I like to read it and go,
0: Ah, Dave is so stupid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's a pack of scenarios here. Lots of them. And I, and of course we don't want to read through them all because we realize we bore everybody. when We do do that. (laughs) However, I thought maybe I'd mention some of the designers. Yeah. On this scenario, Evan Sherry. Mm Mm-hmm. All Very right. generous, Evan Sherry. Yep. Mm-hmm. To thank s- you. Be sending those. And I also see here.
0: Hopefully, uh, you know, during your break, Dave. W- and how long do you get? How long a break will you get this year? Uh, I get a for fif- Christmas. Fifteen minute
1: break. No cigarette <laughs> I mean, break. No, no.
0: Yeah, I know that. No, for Christmas.
1: Oh, winter break. You can't being be, a, you being a you, teacher. Sh- you can't say Christmas. I can't say Christmas. That's right. Winter break. Winter break. I, like uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Do you want to try and play some squad I,
0: I'd love to play some of these scenarios. We will.
1: Let's yeah. do one of these or two? Some.
0: Let's play all of them. <laughs> and let's do some <laughs> zombie ones. What do you want for Christmas, Jeff? I want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be left alone so
1: I can play squad leader. Don't waste our money yeah. buying material yeah. things. Yeah, give me, really, give me give give two me. days off. Yeah. <laughs> fam- huh.
0: excuse me from family duties my tuberculosis is kicking in
1: look at this encircle this sp180 <laughs> i know it sounds a little suggestive but that's pete shelling and he said he might come on oh, the show right. someday oh yeah that
0: which we're pete. looking forward to that
1: yeah the uh, d- design here by mike faulkner and some of these are some wow names. some big names bill sizzler oh you recognize wow. that one yeah. that goes way back yeah hugh downing Sorry, Hugh, I never heard of you. <laughs> but, so there's some some big names in yeah. this pack, and lots of great scenarios, and Schwerpunk continues the tradition of having some pretty good stuff. So. Yeah, good stuff, and uh, good quality. Mm-hmm. Nice quality product. And so that's what's in the box. Ah, that was an especially tasty treat today, this, I would Yes, say. it
0: was. Dave, I'd like to talk to you about something personal.
1: Yes, Jeff? The C4 counter cutter? <laughs>
0: How did you know? I'm I'm looking at your counters here.
1: Uh-huh. Are you serious that is what you're going to yeah. say?
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I'm looking at your <laughs> counters here and the ragged corners on here.
1: And they're not that bad,
0: but yeah, they could it's be. It's not better. your fault, Dave. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to well, feel ashamed. It's not I, your fault. Should I go to counseling? No. You know what? Save your money on counseling. Counseling costs you 100 bucks for an hour. Oh man. For that price, you can get five C4 corner cutters from Counter Culture. Wow. Yeah. You can take your counters, embarrassing as they may be, and within just a couple of hours, you can trim all these corners, have them all looking nice. You'll be proud to be playing squad leader. You'll want to bring these out once they're cut at dinner parties, maybe bring them to your local church.
1: you know, Jeff, sometimes I don't go to tournaments. Do you know Why? Why? Because I'm embarrassed of my, my counters. Yeah.
0: Well, I can understand it. Totally. So, don't delay, Dave. Get a C4. You know what? We have a couple here. I'm going to give you one, and we're going to clip your counters. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we're going to trim your counters. We're not going to clip them. Clipping's and, the old-fashioned and way. And C4 you. corner cutter. You can do several hundred counters in
1: minutes. Just line them up in that little tray thing. And yep. Guillotine drops off. down. Phew,
0: guillotine i don't know of them yeah well sort of like that just like magic one thing extra that's kind of exciting about the c4 corner cutter i got to tell you about they're having an exclusive offer everybody just for listeners of the two half squads podcast so if you're if you're a david letterman watcher it doesn't you don't qualify <laughs> you have to be a two half squads listener when you order a c4 corner cutter and you mention the two half squads they'll put a dollar bill into the box.
1: A buck in the box. A
0: buck in the box, just for mentioning the two half squads. There's no time limit for this offer, at least right now, probably at the end of time, or <laughs> you're 2012 when the whole world blows up. You won't, you won't By probably, 2012, correct. Yeah, you don't want the buck in the box anyway. So uh, even if there's a sale, just mention the two half squads. When you place your order, you get a buck in the box. Now, I don't know if you order two and you answer, and mention this twice, get... do you get two bucks?
1: No, nah, not if you mention this twice, but if you order two... <laughs> And mention us twice, then you will then you probably, probably get two get bucks,
0: bucks. Two in a bucks. Box. I don't know. I hope so. Just remember that. That's a really great thing. And uh, one last thing: the Sea Forner has gone retail, so check with your local uh, hobby stores to see if they have it.
1: All hobby right. Lobby. Wow.
0: Ace Hardware.
1: Oh, probably <laughs> yeah. like Games Plus. Yeah, Games Plus. Yeah,
0: your specialty stores. Check them out. So
1: great. So uh, get
0: that done, folks.
1: Excellent quality product.
0: Yeah, very Is good. It quality. Dave King
1: that does Dave this. Dave King. Excellent. Thanks, Dave.
0: Now, even though your mommy told you not to, we're going to talk about playing with guns. (laughs) Actually, my mom
1: encouraged me to do that. (laughs) Did
0: she really? Does that mean something? She's very uh, progressive,
1: your mom. Well, you know, the whole Second Amendment thing. Yeah,
0: don't ask me right offhand what the Second Amendment is. Well, guns. First of all, Jeff, what is a gun? You did a whole history thing on guns. Well, a gun, technically speaking... A gun is a uh, is an ordnance weapon,
1: ain't it? So it's not like a rifle or a no. pistol. No, these are the big cannons. Yes. All right. What kind of in- categories do they come in? You know, I can tell you. Well,
0: uh, yeah. There's uh AT. That's correct for anti tank guns. There's INF for infantry guns, guns designed for shooting infantry. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's uh, anti aircraft guns for AA shooting down. Hound- uh let's see aircraft that's correct or (laughs) (laughs) anties. shoot down your anties. uh what other kind we have there you forgot the art art oh artillery that's
1: why you forgot it because i love box art and you don't and i love shooting (laughs) anties. and you (laughs) so you forgot the art gun artillery artillery and of course, the ever-famous mortar,
0: right, which we're not going the big mortars. About. Anything over sixty
1: millimeters, I think, qualifies as a gun and, uh. and
0: gets on the bigger counter.
1: Well, actually, I think they could be really small. I've seen some thirty-seven millimeter guns and stuff in the full ASL. But mortars? Oh no! I think I'm mortars sorry. over sixty. Yeah, I think are, you are correct.
0: Our constitute ordnance, but yes. anything under that, they're support weapons. Yes,
1: you are correct. Because the American yeah. sixty millimeter mortar is a small counter. Yeah. Right, That fits yeah. on your infantry counter, and you carry it with you. So now there
0: are some guns, there are some ordnance that are on the small counters. Can you think of any offhand? Recoilless rifle. Any others? Is yeah, right. Recoilless guns rifle. on small counters. The only one I can think of, and I only remember it because I played Tarawa. There was a Japanese seventy uh, infantry gun on a small counter. Oh, a Japanese
1: seventy. Yeah. Okay. That would be another one.
0: Which and, was uh which I had a lot of. I bought I used my uh purchase <laughs> points to buy a lot of those. Because
1: they were small. Very
0: devastating. In terms
1: of oh, I thought you meant in terms yeah, of Yeah, to the damage
0: they did to Joe.
1: Okay I you meant and in, Joe's aunties. <laughs> I think you meant in terms of w- wasted points. Devastating oh, to you. No. To buy those <laughs> small things. No. But Yeah, and there's also no. a German recoilless can be purchased. It's small, so there's a little rule section on that. But I wasn't planning on talking about that at all. tonight oh, okay. Either. So we digress already. Already, of course. Yeah. But the first thing we do when we get guns in a scenario, and this is part one of guns, is to look at the counter. Okay. So I handed you a counter tonight, Yes, Jeff. you did. What With do you the see ragged
0: corners. But I'm <laughs> going to try to ignore that.
1: What do you see there?
0: Well, uh, in the upper right-hand corner, you can see the designation of the type of gun it is. The one you handed me is an AT gun.
1: Okay, it's a z- so right. anti tank gun doesn't
0: necessarily mean you have to shoot at tanks, but this particular gun is designed as an anti tank gun.
1: That's correct, also. When I started playing ASL, I thought, oh, if it's an AA gun, it can only shoot at an aircraft.
0: Yeah, which in ASL is like, doesn't happen too often. Really? <laughs> you
1: don't see a lot of planes. No. Right. No. But um, no, you can shoot an infantry gun at a tank if you need to. It won't be as effective. Yeah. Obviously. As an armor-piercing shell would be versus a high-explosive shell, but we'll get into that in a bit. Right. So uh, in the upper right, you see the designation of the type of gun. Yes. What else do you see on that front?
0: Uh, right under the designation, uh, often you'll see an M number, uh, which is the manhandling number. That is correct. Which now, is, is it... the amount of um, amount? It's the amount of men you need. No, it's <laughs> to handle not. this gun.
1: No, it's not. No. <laughs> no. It's the number, but in a way that makes sense. But anyway, it's a number that you need to roll less than to push the gun. Yeah. And what's the manhandling number on your gun? Uh, Mine is an M12. And what... It's in a white circle. uh, What does that white circle mean?
0: Um, Let me see. Uh, The gun in the uh, white circle, just like with the tanks, means a small target.
1: Yeah, small target.
0: I have a gun here. Which means... Somebody shooting at this gun is gonna to have to add something to their shots if they're shooting it with another with ordinance of some kind.
1: Uh plus one.
0: Yeah, plus one to hit. Because it's a small target.
1: And my artillery piece, now we're looking at Italian weapons, all of us, because we were so excited about hearing about the Ethiopians and the Italians, yeah. you know being produced I have a ne- actually a red number. What does that mean? <laughs> That's that's the large target. It'll be double red. Yeah, the
0: red gargantuan. <laughs> Ooh, boy, is that a big gun? Oh my gosh,
1: Godzilla's manning that yeah, one.
0: <laughs> that's right. And so, what else is on the counter?
1: Well, what's interesting about my counter? It's an artillery gun, and it has an actual name. Way little, little print. I have to like either use my bifocals or pull my glasses. Glasses off my face and put this close to my head. Yeah, we get, we need to talk to somebody at uh, MMP about this. Some yeah. of
0: these, some of the, even with a magnifying glass, sometimes I can't read these. Really? Yeah, Your eyes I'm, are all, really I, I'm almost forty.
1: <laughs> forty. Uh, mine's a one four nine slash forty gun, so it's kind of like its official designation. Yeah. you might see a pack forty for a German and so on. But what's interesting about my large number m manhandling number is neg one now we talked about how you manhandle these weapons we're going to get into that in detail in a few minutes the higher the number the easier it is to move so mine an actual negative one jeff you don't see that very often
0: no i don't in
1: fact Hmm. i'm going to reach across and grab that from you take a look
0: yeah look i i've actually uh never seen that It's
1: very hard to move
0: what does that mean well,
1: we'll get into that in a little bit, but it's okay. really hard to move. That's after what it means.
0: Look, after we look it up, we're going to... Re- no. No, I'm kidding.
1: Really hard to move. So the higher the manhandling number, the easier it is yeah. to move.
0: And mine being an M12, pretty easy really to move. Really quick to move. Yeah. yeah.
1: Does it look like a small depiction yeah. on the counter? It is.
0: Yeah. And it's only a 37 millimeter gun, so oh, okay. probably going to be pretty light. There you go. What else do you
1: see on that counter in the front of that?
0: Well, uh, I've got a number in a box in a square
1: oh that you know is of course the rate of fire of the gun there you go so
0: while i'm firing that if i if the color die is in this case three or under
1: means i get to fire again because probably the the millimeter of the gun is so small that it's quick to load the ammo in it it that's right doesn't weigh a lot and so on also the mechanics of the gun itself i have an infantry gun also from the italians 65 slash 17 that has a rate of fire of one Better than none.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, if you're firing uh, infantry target type, you don't get any rate of fire on a gun, do you? No. Yes, you do. You do? <laughs> infantry target type?
1: Yeah. Yes, the rate. Of I fire mean, I'm stays.
0: sorry. Uh, area target type. I'm sorry. Oh yes,
1: area, area target, target type. type affects the rate of fire. Yeah. Okay. I have a B eleven. What does that mean?
0: Uh, breakdown number. So, if during your two hit, you roll an eleven or higher, you break the gun. Day. You don't break it. It actually well, malfunctions. You turn yeah. it over to the other side. Yes, I'm looking at the back now. The gun is malfunctioned. People often say break. What they mean is malfunction. They malfunction the gun. You do get some chances to repair it on your during the rally phase.
1: And on the back of that counter, We're my... going to flip it over.
0: Wait a minute. It's not time yet. Well, what else it's do you have time on the front?
1: Yet. You, well, you've got that lower
0: left-hand corner. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> the most important part of the gun. The caliber of the gun... And the relative length of the barrel.
1: And how big the caliber is, the bigger the better? Usually. 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 Yeah.
0: I mean, would you rather be hit with, a, with like a lima bean or <laughs> with a Volkswagen Beetle?
1: Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Um, I have a 150-millimeter artillery piece in my hand. That's mine is, is a
0: 37, so You're very yours small. is going to hurt more than mine.
1: That's right, usually. Yeah. And mine is overscored that's real tricky that means no armor piercing Ah, uh, right and mine's an artillery piece so that would be designed to be firing long range high explosive shells yeah right artillery bombardment think oba yeah um it's 150 millimeter l mm-hmm. you know what the l is
0: well it means for <clears throat> a long
1: barrel a long-barreled on. gun, yes. yes. And the, that adds to its accuracy over range. That's right. An LL would be even better than an L.
0: Yes. And then there's the LLL. No, there's not. Oh. They nice haven't try. come out with that yet. No. Yeah. They were working on that at the end of the war. What's on your gun? I've got a 37L here. Oh, L. Okay. So, yeah.
1: I have also, two counters, I have an infantry gun that's 65-17, Italian weapon. It's a 65 caliber asterisk kind of thingy, short barreled gun. Okay, so it doesn't fire well over long ranges. Yeah. So, when you're getting ready to play a game, look at the length of the barrel. The L, the LL, are going to hit better at longer ranges. Yes. And the star asterisk thingy is going to only hit better at short range. Yeah. And you can put that into your thinking as you set up your guns. Hopefully. Hopefully, (laughs) if you remember it. And on the back...
0: Let's flip the gun over, which you're only going to see this when the gun is malfunctioning. uh, Or if you're checking for some of the other statistics that might be on the gun. There might be all kinds of different things on the back of the gun. But if you were to malfunction the gun, then uh, a couple of the most important things here are going to be the repair number and the permanent break number. So the repair number has an R with a number by it. In this case, it's an R1. So if I want to fix this gun, if it does malfunction during play... Then during the rally phase, I'll roll one die. I need to get a one or less, which is pretty unlikely, but a one in order to repair the gun. And then in the lower right-hand corner, I have an X number, which in this case is a six, which means if I roll a six, the gun is permanently
1: broken. Correct. What do you have on yours? Mine has a one and a six, and also has a limbered note on it, which means you have to change the setup of the gun to move it and we're not doing the gun movement tonight that'll be part two of guns the limbered part correct yeah. and which towing. means you can you can
0: touch your toes while you're <laughs> moving the gun yes it's
1: very limber yeah limber okay um so we're not going to be doing the movement the RF and M, which also would mean restricted fire no movement and things like that we're going to hold to another show yes so looking at our counters the overscored meant no armor piercing. Neither of ours had an underscored, which means uh, no high explosives. Correct. That gives you an indication what the gun's designed for. Yeah. If it doesn't have high explosives, it's not good against infantry. Yes. And if it's got no armor piercing, it's not necessarily that good against vehicle, armored v- fighting vehicles and right. so on. mm
0: mm-hmm. on Now, on my, uh, my counter does not have any circular designation on the front
1: of it. No
0: circle enclosing the uh, silhouette of the gun.
1: Does yours? Uh, I pulled out an AA gun, which does have a white circle, which yeah. represents it. it's got a kind of, a, well, it's not a turret. What is it was a traverse?
0: It's a traverse, yeah, a, a method of quickly changing the... Covered arc. Yeah, the covered arc of the gun. Right. So, and if there's a circle there, it just means that, well, let's just say this. If you need to change the covered arc of the gun, if it has a circle around it, it on the designation it means it's easier to change that the covered arc on that gun
1: yes it is and those modifiers are on the c5 fire based um chart right i've always been
0: amazed dave by the the size of these counters which are relatively small mm-hmm. actually the gun counters are larger of course than the squad counters and the support weapon counters but all the stuff they can jam onto the back of these counters <laughs> a lot of it's incredible like special ammo for instance, uh, the armor piercing. And- Discarding Sabbat,
1: right. which is an A number, right? Right. And then after the A indicates you have that special ammo, the year is given in a smaller superscript number. Right. Like 1944, 1941 would be a, a number. And then the availability number, which we, we've covered previously in other shows. Yeah. So, you know, look at the back of it, see if you have heat, see if you have APCR and then figure out how to use that best. Yeah. So now you, you've looked over your entire gun counters and figured out how to use them. You may want to save that special ammunition when really needed. Don't use it at a long-range shot. Maybe use it when a, when a vehicle comes up close. What it does is it gives you that extra free shot, right, because you roll to hit with special ammunition like in the APDS or the HEAT, if you don't, ha- so if it says you need a five or less to have that ammunition, you roll the hit roll, and I roll a six. I don't have that ammo at all. It's a free roll. I get to re-roll totally with a different type of ammunition. On the yeah, okay. So use that to gain an extra shot in the game. Very effective.
0: So, what is the strategy behind that? When would you want to use the
1: special ammo? well again if you're in a desperate situation where you want to get an extra roll to be sure to kill a vehicle but it's going to raise your to kill number so you look at the armor factor of your opposing tank say mm-hmm. it's a an 18 and the kill number of your weapon say it's a I don't know 23 whatever yep. you subtract that armor factor from the kill number so if by my special ammo and I, so if I find I ever only have a few digits there, where i can kill a tank it's very hard to kill a tank yeah i want to use my special ammo for those okay. frontal armor shots don't want to use them for the sides so if i have a side shot where the armor's weaker on a tank the number's less i can easily penetrate it with my normal ammunition uh, okay so i often save my special ammo for the front shots on the harder to kill tanks
0: so is, is it a good idea to bring something for your opponent to do while you're trying to make these decisions?
1: No. you <laughs> have to learn them and instinctively do them. Oh. Look at the armor factor, look at your kill number, and get ready to go. The higher your kill number, your kill number has to be more than the armor factor. Okay. So you don't want to take an hour to no, make these decisions. Just, just do know, it. Know all your kill numbers right away. Okay. And you have 17 to kill. Okay, so that armor factor is... Uh, 28, that's going to be hard to kill. Yeah. Armor factor's a 2. I'm going to wipe it out right Right. away. So you'll know exactly what to do. Okay. Very good point, Jeff. Um, One thing you do notice is that if uh, the armor-piercing ammunition gets worse, the further away it is on this AP to kill table, Yeah. C7.31. And better at closer ranges. Well, if you have only high explosives, which is not good to kill a tank, the benefit of it is at long range, it doesn't have to take any negatives to the kill numbers. Right. So that, that'll that help you out. So yeah. it's one thing to think about. If all you have is high explosives, long range can be just as good as, as being closer. Yeah. And you'd be using them against infantry anyway. Well, you could, I mean, this is to kill a tank. They do have these high explosives to kill numbers, like a 50-millimeter gun. He has a basic to kill number of six over oh, right. armor okay. target. Yeah. It's, it's very small, Yeah. but it's, it's better than nothing. Now, I, what I like to do with the guns, then, is figure out where you're going to place them on the board. So, of course, you want to buy the objectives the enemy has to take. It's not good to throw them out on the ends, hoping, well, what if he comes way out here? No, he's going to go toward the objective, place your guns by the objective. Placing your guns can be overrun with other infantry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so block your guns with infantry. i often forget this. I, I played Bob the other day. I put a an anti-tank gun out ahead of my front line facing backward, hoping he was going to bypass the buildings and I'd get all these rear shots on him with these, you know, at his right. tanks yeah. as he comes into the vehicle, bypass, freeze my infantry. Of course, that didn't happen. All that happened was he moved up Infantry toward my hidden gun, and I had to turn and fire at the infantry, and he captured the weapon. Uh. I had no other infantry by it. I didn't even have a like a fire lane from another unit aimed alongside of that a, where I had the gun placed that could help defend it. So one thing you want to do is probably keep your guns back toward your objectives. Cover the guns with infantry squads. Mm-hmm. They can block an overrun by a tank. Can uh, off off in street fight then any vehicles that come by that gun street fighting advantage uh guns of course when they set up uh, jeff when they set up a gun trying to get hidden initial pl- so now we, we know what the guns can do we looked at the
0: counters we looked at the counters we think about where we're going to place them based upon the objectives and but uh, and guns can all set up hip right hidden initial placement
1: correct off yeah. board even if they're non-concealment well, they're terrain. Board, they're, well, they're on board, but they're... They're on board. Yeah. But, but you write hit. it down. Yeah, you write board. it down. And even if they're non-concealment terrain, so it's not just in woods and buildings, they can be hidden. Is there, is there a wonder about
0: how that relates to real life? Why they Why they set it up, the game that way?
1: Because they're out of line of sight. That's a good question. Oh, that's it, huh? Yeah, okay. Your tanks move on board, Your enemy. your enemy moves on. They can't yeah. see that gun. It's around the corner. It's down the street, out of line of sight. Mm-hmm. When they turn and can see it suddenly then, it becomes revealed. Yeah. But what's interesting is you can keep the concealment. So when you have a hidden gun, I'm sorry, it fires. If I roll a five or six on my dice, then the gun is revealed. A colored dice roll okay. on it to hit roll. If I don't roll a five or six on that to hit roll on the colored dice, I can keep my concealment. So my gun can feasibly fire and retain concealment
0: okay so it's no longer hip it goes from hip to concealed correct but it can keep the concealment
1: yes and what's odd about that is that it also can keep that in an open ground setup area yeah okay you can still keep that concealment Mm -hmm. so often when you place your guns too then you you might want to place them supported by other guns which I forget a lot. Again, that gun I had out that Bob overran, I my my second my second gun was further back and it wasn't there to help that gun. I didn't have any other support up for it. So keep other guns to support each other. Okay. In their line of sight. Yeah. Both covering objectives that you need.
0: And all guns set up in placed as well, is that right?
1: They can set up in place if you wish. That gives them a plus two to, on the to hit roll. Yeah. When they're fired at.
0: You know, I've always wondered about this deliberate immobilization business with a gun. I don't, get, I don't really get how that works and I, I've even got the rules out here. It says often an AFV's uh, target's armor factor is so formidable that it makes a kill by certain guns unlikely if not improbable or impossible I should say. A player may instead attempt deliberate immobilization with his ordinance by adding a plus five to the two-hit die roll modifier. So what's it's really hard there?
1: because what you're trying to do there is to blow out the treads, and immobilize the vehicle. Oh, okay. So the plus five indicates it's harder to just hit the tread. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. You know what threw me off is the way, the words deliberate immobilization. It's it, it's almost like you're immobilizing your own. You know, you're deliberately
1: immobilizing oh, your, your own Oh, your own thing. vehicle. Yeah, yeah. right.
0: And I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're
1: trying to deliberately immobilize the enemy vehicle. Yeah, so It's okay. hard to hit just the tread, so you had a plus five. Go ahead and continue. Okay,
0: so you had a plus five. Okay, deliberate immobilization can be attempted only by ordinance and only if the weapon's basic to kill number is greater than the target's lowest hull armor factor.
1: So if your gun is so small that it can't penetrate the armor at all, then just forget any of the, the whole armor. Idea. Then forget it. Right. Yeah. And uh,
0: only with a hull hit,
1: at a range
0: of less than or equal to six hexes. And of
1: course, a hull hit because you're trying to blow up the tread. Right. But why six hexes or closer? I don't know. Maybe that's just. What they decided is the range you need to see the tread or something.
0: Uh, A deliberate immobilization attempt is not allowed against a hull down, which makes sense.
1: Can't see the tread. Can't see the
0: tread. Or within direct fire or with a machine gun or IF uh, infantry fire equivalency. Or when using the area target type. All that makes sense. Because you're not shooting at a direct... Yeah. section of the vehicle uh acquisition die roll modifiers are not applicable to a deliberate immobilization oh attempt. so
1: if i shoot and miss i don't get to take a neg one yeah. on the next shot okay
0: however acquisition can be gained while attempting
1: such a shot
0: so if while you can't, you can't you can't use different... the acquisition but you can gain acquisition yeah so if i switch yeah.
1: then to kill this the vehicle in general i can use that acquired right okay
0: and then uh, a deliberate immobilization hit is not resolved on the to kill table, even if it otherwise would be considered a critical hit. So that means even even if you roll, if you're going through it through a four eight deliberate immobilization, immobilization, and you roll a critical hit, you still don't get to kill the
1: tank. Oh, I can't suddenly go oh critical hit yeah. versus <laughs> yeah. the armor factor. Yeah, it's still versus ju- no just the treads and the vehicle's immobilized. That's
0: right. But the crew does have to take a. Uh, Task check then.
1: Yes, anytime it's immobilized, they take a task check yeah. to bail out if they. Yeah.
0: Pay. Okay. Well, now I get oh. the deliberate immobilization deal.
1: Yeah. One last Not thing, so we thought we'd talk about just tonight. It's kind of advanced yeah. tactics, things I forget to do with my guns for sure. Yeah. Deliberate immobilization and underbelly hits. There's this rare rule in section D four point three underbelly hits. Yeah. As an armor fighting vehicle crosses a wall, bocage, and bocage has just been introduced in that. New starter kit pack. Right. I wonder if they covered... Well, I they cover the hedges. Act. Yeah. I, wa- I assume that they're going to say there's underbelly hits. Yeah. Or it exits a gully or stream because the vehicle's coming up. A defending gun within six hexes. Once again, six. I don't know the magic number there. But of the hex being entered at the same level and within the ve- armor-finding vehicle, the opponent vehicle's vehicle-covered arc, so you have to see the front of the vehicle, not right. the side of the vehicle, can use a vehicle target type table to attempt an underbelly hit that defensive fire can then use the better armor factor versus vehicles which then you get to use the aerial armor factor when you resolve your hit on that vehicle which changes it the armor factor to be easier to penetrate for example if the if the normal armor factor is a three the aerial is a two if it's a six the aerial is a three what chart is that on See 7.11 on oh, okay. your yeah. ordinance charts. If it's an 11, it drops to a 4. So you get a much better chance of penetrating that vehicle as it comes over a gully, yeah. hedge row, wall. Yeah. So remember that. When you place your guns also, if you see that kind of terrain that he has to come through to get to you, set up your guns so they can take advantage of that rule. Right. So that's... Some advanced techniques that I often forget. Part two of guns should be covering lots more stuff. Yeah. Um. We can do just a whole bunch more. We don't have time for tonight, including movement of these guns by limbering them up, quick setup guns, and so yep. on. Lots more stuff.
0: Yeah. Gun shields. Gun shields. All yeah. We need to do
1: that. willing to kill a gun when it's hit by an enemy, right? How right. To kill a gun on a K K slash, what happens? tons more stuff to cover yeah so stay tuned everybody stay
0: tuned so i just wanted to do a quick movie review dave i wanted to mention that uh last week while my wife was out of town i had a chance to watch the longest day classic film a classic movie and it's very it's an interesting movie for me because even though um i'm 52 years old i'd only seen the longest day probably twice when you once all those OGN when you were little no twice both in the last couple of years since I've really? been playing squad leader. Yeah, I don't know how I've been managed to miss it all these years, but I have. So it's interesting approaching this movie. It was made back in the 60s sometime, and I don't have a lot of research on it. I didn't take a lot of notes. I sort of watched yeah, the movie. I just wanted stuff. to mention it, that I watched it. And um, it's interesting. So I, I don't have a lot of nostalgic attachment to the film. And so I'm approaching it sort of as a movie from the 60s. Is it still relevant? Is it still good to watch? Hmm. And somebody that's never seen it would they want to see it? And I would have to say overall...
1: No way. No. no. Are you serious? Yeah, I would say no. Jeff, you are the most brutal critic I've ever seen. <laughs> You've hated all the films. But, I okay, I have the I emotional attachment to it, and I saw it when I was young. Yeah. And I remember the... I don't want to step on your toes here, but the paratroopers, clicking the clickers, the clickers. The Germans, there's a lot of the clickers. The guy, red buttons hanging on the, ch- the, the red
0: buttons should not appear in any movie well, ever. But I should was not, too young to know that. No, so well, red buttons? See?
1: No, but come on. But as
0: an adult approaching this movie for the first time, really, you know, there are a lot of movies that are classic films that that I think hold up. Yes, there are. If you've never seen them, yes, it's still a good movie. You know, I look at a movie. I look at a movie from a similar time period of that era. Might be Bridge on the River Kwai, Mm -hmm. or um, The Great Escape. I think those movies are really good. Well, my son kind of liked The Great Escape. The Longest Day just doesn't do it for me. The acting, I I feel like the acting is not good. It's very wooden. You know, Eddie Albert, uh, who appears (laughs) in all of the scenes where they're landing on Normandy Beach, just kind of crummy acting. Not the great action, though. Though in that part, the part I do like is when the when the Scotch troops come on and uh, they're advancing inland, and they get the guy with the bagpipes right. to lead them. Okay. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you like French parades too, uh, yeah?
0: I, and and it just made me think, you know, I wonder if the uh, like the 141st Gypsy Division came on came onto the landing and. <laughs> Somebody led them into battle with uh, just beating the tambourine or and something. and <laughs> the violin playing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wouldn't want to be the guy with the pipes. No. They... I don't know what they put in those pipes. You know, they'd have to put some pretty strong stuff in those pipes. <laughs> but I did notice that he was wearing pants, at least. Because, you know, otherwise...
1: Why are you looking at He'd have been anyway? killed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that guy could have been killed. So, you know, I didn't think that hold, held up well. Any scene with Richard Burton in the movie? I don't remember him being in the movie, but I okay. really bad acting. Oh, I don't know. Richard Why? Burton, isn't he a classical like Shakespearean Why? dude? Yeah, he's made a couple of good movies, but
1: yeah, I don't, I don't
0: know. Can... The acting, I don't know, was bad. Some now, now some of the scenes as they relate to Squad Leader were interesting. Like when they came onto the beach and the and the guys were hiding behind the uh, the tetrahedrons. That, are, that were in the sand. Yeah, the, the big X things up, those, that sit in the, yeah. in
1: the sand. Uh-huh. and You, that know, you know, the never Germans, actually the, use in Squad Leader, right?
0: Well, you do actually in Tarawa. Yeah,
1: like one. You
0: do set those up. But don't and, you just
1: run around them or something? And,
0: well, when uh, Joe and I played, he was able to s- set up behind them and he did receive some cover from he them. He did,
1: okay. Well, and good. when
0: the Germans set those up on the beaches, they thought, you know, these will be great for keeping the landing craft and armored vehicles well, and stuff the off at the beaches, high tide, but also. Right? Uh, a lot of the troops were able to hide behind them, so it was a pretty effective. Yeah, low cover. tide. Yeah,
1: yeah, at high tide they're hidden under the water. Yeah. But, yeah,
0: but you know, all in all, I would say the movie. I thought the soundtrack was pretty hokey. I thought the red buttons, anything with the red buttons, just <laughs> ruined the whole oh, thing. Oh, I felt
1: so sorry for him stuck now, in that chapel. Well, yeah, but yeah, the
0: acting was. Now yeah, there was right. there was one a couple of scenes that were very. Memorable one of them was a very short clip, very haunting, which was a paratrooper uh, landing, and he missed his target and went actually into a well. Oh do you remember this scene? no, very short scene. you just see the guy coming down and he actually lands in a well and he just you just see him disappear down the well and his parachute being dragged down after him after him, and I just thought how it was just very horrifying to watch that. Yeah, five to, not, seconds. to not even get into
1: battle yeah. and just die that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. just terrible. And then, uh, but my, I'd say my favorite part of the movie, there was a very big scene that was a single cut, and it was amazing. And I was so happy for the, for the miracle of modern technology because I could go back and watch it a number of times. And I thought, man, if I was sitting here watching this in a movie theater and I saw this scene, I thought, I would think, I, I've got to pay again to come back and see this scene. And it was one long scene. It was when they were uh, when all the troops were moving into the f- the French town of Don't ask me the name of the town, but they're moving into the town. Single scene. It starts off kind of close, just watching some American troops moving around a couple buildings. Then the camera pulls out, and you see these troops moving along the 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 uh, along a riverfront that's paved, and there's some bridges there. And it pans out, and you see more and more troops coming in, and the the camera i don't know if they put it on a helicopter or what yeah but it, in those days it wasn't
1: uh, computer graphics oh, it, no
0: and it was amazingly st- staged because suddenly there were hundreds of extras moving oh, into okay. this scene as they're attacking a, a british stronghold in in one of the buildings and the the camera actually moves back and circles around behind the building i mean it was beautifully done it reminded me of the beginning of a touch of evil the Orson Welles film, which was the first couple of minutes, were a single pan through a very long and complicated series of actions that were going on, and it was it was just amazing to watch. And I was, like I say, I was really glad that I could rewind and watch it again and again.
1: Or well, kind of might remind, remind me of the scene in the *Gone with the Wind* when uh, Scarlet is helping the wounded soldier. Oh yes. Just pulls back and back and back, you yeah. see more you and see more all the wounded soldiers. That magnitude Atlanta. of the war, yeah. After.
0: Yeah, so, excuse me, so, all in all, I was a little disappointed in the movie. I know it's a classic, and all the people have a lot of attachment to it, but, and I have it on DVD. I bought it on DVD because it was a good price.
1: All right, so I will be, <laughs> I will, instead of borrowing it from you, I will rent it from you to help you recoup your costs. <laughs> it was only $10. It was a and special director's I will cut. watch that with my boys.
0: Yeah. Well, yes. I invite you to watch it. It's not too bloody. It doesn't have any swear words. Black and White's an old movie from the early 60s. No swear words. Good family entertainment. Yeah. You know, considering it's a war movie. All right. The longest day. Well,
1: thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Is that all you
0: got for tonight? I think that's it. Very well. So, folks, that wraps up episode number 28. We are done. I'm Jeff, and I'm Dave, and we want to remind you to join us next time, and to roll low, and may the dice be with you. But not
1: when you're, when you're playing, playing us.
0: Up. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye.
1: Really, you didn't like the longest. Yeah, day, I didn't did I like it. it was like one of the longest movies. Yeah, was
0: Soundtrack was terrible too.
1: Was it really? Oh, it was Awful.
0: I don't know. It was like Neil
1: Sadaka or somebody like that that wrote the music. You should have talked more about that too. Yeah.